0: Said I listen to them in chunks in the car usually, and um, so I listen to like ten minutes here, twenty minutes here, thirty minutes here, you know, whatever. And um, sometimes I'm like, when is this going to end? I've been listening to this same show, for, <laughs> the same episode, for, okay? fifteen cartridges. <laughs>
1: Welcome to rpg ramblings with jeff jones this is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop rpg hobby through discussions with interesting people today russell ellert joins me we discuss what it takes to produce a zine on a monthly schedule we also talk about the australian geopolitical landscape and then he nearly convinces me to give third edition DD a fair shake in this show notes is a link to my patreon giving one dollar a month you will brighten the skies above Peoria, illinois by 0.3 lumens This number is, of course, unverifiable, but I believe it to be true, and in this day and age, that's all that matters. We have a lot of ground to cover this episode. Sisters and brothers, it is time to get rambling. Hello, Russ. Hello, Jeff. Well, thanks for joining me from all the way around the world.
0: Yeah, it is kind of around the world. Uh, (laughs) It's nighttime where you are, and day Morning, where I am.
1: <laughs> so we're in the middle Crazy. of summer. So you, you're probably in your winter. Yeah,
0: we're in the we're in the depths of winter. Although where I am is subtropics, so it's kind of sunny most days. But we've been getting a lot of rain, so unfortunately a lot of flooding and stuff. So but we're okay where we are. So when you say
1: flooding, so is there is there problems like creeks and rivers, or do you get like mudslides and things like that? Uh,
0: not not so much mudslides, but mainly, yeah, mainly creeks and rivers um just torrential rain like I think Sydney at the moment is suffering from or you know out out of Sydney is suffering from from amazing floods like just getting you know like a whole season's worth of rain in three days you know um just stuff like that and and we've had the same up here just sort of fairly recently and yeah it's a bit crazy
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, so it's like I know they it speak of things being unusual, being like a one in fifty year kind of
0: thing. Is that something that happens? Kind of yeah. They keep saying it's like a one in one hundred years event, and then it happens like two years later. (laughs) Because and I like I don't want to get into the whole global you know climate change thing, but you know it's happening, people like yeah well just, the thing
1: you wonder too though if, if it's a if it's a it's say it's, it's a you know a one percent chance maybe you rolled, maybe you rolled a hundred a one again maybe <laughs> to, to bring it back to the, the
0: gaming <laughs> yes maybe we rolled two ones in a row yeah um, yeah so i don't know it's just crazy the weather's yeah it's and like it doesn't really get cold cold like you know we'll, we'll drop single digits at night time but then like today's like 23 degrees which sorry that's in celsius so you yeah. know what uh it is in fahrenheit i think tw- i think 23 degrees
1: head, probably around
0: 70 that. degrees uh fahrenheit yeah so it's sort of like a mildly sunny day you know so it's quite nice yeah our, our winters here are great but the summers are just humid as all heck
1: yeah so. it's uh it's probably a lot probably a lot like florida or, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, I think so. And the further north you go in Queensland, Queensland, the more humid it gets. So things places like Cairns, uh, or Cairns as you call it, um, uh, is very much yeah, even more humid. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty yeah, it's pretty bad. Anyway. Heat and humidity are not good combinations. Neither is cold and humidity. No, no, yeah. And then sort of the south of Australia is more like a dry heat. You kind of get that you know, South Australia, you know, Melbourne uh, or Hobart's just generally cool all the time, but yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I was talking to somebody, uh, you know, for Australia, for being as large as it is, I believe most of your populations were along the East coast.
0: Uh, Along the coast generally. So pretty much except for the very North, although Darwin's up there, which is just crazy. I, I don't understand darwin (laughs) i've been there once for work and i just i and i just i didn't leave the the conference center like i just thought there is no way i'm going out there it was like middle of summer and it's humid and it's hot and it's just yeah i'm not really singing the praises for the tourism board but uh great you know amazing scenery and everything everywhere in australia but it's just the weather um but yeah mostly like sydney melbourne and brisbane pretty much make up I think probably like half the population of Australia, which is sort of the, that kind of East, uh, sort of Southeast coast line. And then you've got like Adelaide, and then Perth is like West. It's like way over the other side. Um, it takes like three days to fly from, I don't know, two, probably, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it takes like a long time to go from, it'd be like going from, you know, LA to New York to go from Brisbane to, to Perth um i guess so i don't i don't know exactly so
1: does perth like not have any other major cities nearby
0: uh they have they have like satellite towns and stuff but it's pretty isolated like it's a beautiful place like the 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 waters the ocean is like a different color to the east like it's 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 amazing place but they're very they're very um you know it's very much of an arson kind of thing yeah um well, we we had elections recently and the 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 premier of western australia where perth is uh just didn't like the pm at all and he's got a very strong um likability over there and and the federal opposition just got slammed there i think they lost like 20 percent of the vote um you know swing 20 percent swings against wow. them so um you know and they basically lost um based on that and a few other factors but yeah so it's it's pretty yeah it's it's just a weird dynamic really like it's it's almost like they kind of treat the state as a separate little nation of their <laughs> of their own sometimes but they're they're still well connected so know.
1: what so what is what makes perth a a uh a city of significance like is there
0: is it because a port you know between things Uh, I mean probably uh, to be honest I probably don't know exactly but I would say tourism and mining would probably be the two minings everywhere in Australia like Queensland's just like Queensland's sort of basically split in two you've got the southeast which is all the kind of urban city stuff and then you've got the kind of the rest of it like the the inland and the the sort of north So there's kind of like this split and and there's a, a very much of a different demographic and a lot of the mining happens sort of in the central Queensland and northern Queensland. So you've got, and this is where this whole debate around, you know, saving the Great Barrier Reef comes from and, you know, just the environmentalists versus the mining, you know, the miners and, you know, sort of that sort of stuff. And so there's like, for example, in the last election, again, um, the Greens party won like two or three seats in Brisbane, which is Southeast Queensland. And the national party, which is their kind of complete opposite, held all their seats in in Northern Queensland. So it, it's sort of this kind of weird, it's almost like two different places, you know, like politically. Um, yeah so it's kind of weird um yeah it's just just odd like it's australia is just a, a a melting pot of different ideas and which is great sometimes and not so great other times you know like we get a lot of immigration here which is great you know like diversity and all that um like i think uh indian uh is number three now as far as people living here um uh so there's a lot of indians there's you know we've got a lot of history of like uh japanese coming over you know and before that greek and italians coming over in the 50s um you know the chinese was you know back in the gold rush days like in the you know um 19th century and so there's a lot of it's just a cultural melting pot um which is really cool because we get some really cool food um oh yeah (laughs) for for no other reason (laughs) um but it, it's it's really diverse it, it's really diverse so and it's getting to the point where no one can predict elections anymore um because you just don't know what they, this this sort of ethical group will do and you know how they kind of you know break all the, the numbers down and you know we don't we don't know what women are going to do we don't know what men are going to do we don't know what you know the the indians are going to how they're going to vote are they going right. to vote as a block? broken up you know like it's just, it's just too too chaotic and our political system is showing now i think from this point forward our political political system will be much more fragmented um,
1: but you i guess for for us i mean we have like it is basically a two-party system
0: yeah and i would say which is what pretty, we had yeah we had the same but this election completely fragmented that I, to like,
1: me, I, I I can see that in many ways as being a a good thing. Maybe there's there's definitely downsides to that.
0: Yeah, it's a double edged sword, but no doubt. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and whether because there's a lot of independents. Because we've got like I think twelve independents now in the federal oh government, and before this election we had four. So um, and then the Green Party's gone from one seat to five, I think um and you know the primary vote for the two major parties are down to like 30 something percent you know from 40 to 50 you know like it's just it's crazy it's it's really um yeah it's just really changing the landscape so it'll be interesting to see if that lasts or you know what will happen um
1: Yeah, and and from my time in Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland, and here, it's just, and also hearing with Australia, it just sounds like everywhere, it's just, uh, (laughs) things are always just kind of in a strange turmoil. We think we always can look at, think ours is being really strange, but other people are going through maybe not the same thing. Yeah, I think everyone, I mean,
0: I, I, I play a little, like, fairly close on, sort of, eye on the american polit- politics because i think I mean, obviously america is such a dominant country in the world you know it's important what happens there so you guys are going through some crazy stuff <laughs> <laughs> i go I, I i always say like at, at the dinner time with my family i'm always like yeah okay, what are we thankful for and i'm like, I'm thankful i live in australia <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can see what's happening in the rest of the world
1: and it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, but yeah, it's. I don't know how to explain it, and I don't think I can ever. It's just strange, but yeah. Anyway, I don't. I don't see should, it getting should, any should, better.
0: Yeah, well, you know, like there's always hope, I guess, but who knows? <laughs> but anyway, we we always have D and D to escape to.
1: We do, and 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 you have a a a a, a monthly magazine you're putting out. Yes, D- D12 monthly, right? D12 monthly, yes. So yeah, it's go. a monthly magazine. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty pretty bold to be able to and organize to be able to. Well,
0: it's funny because because you know when you hear people like creatives and you know people who start businesses and stuff, they sort of they sort of talk about how they go in and they're really like naive on the industry or they're yeah, naive yeah, yeah. About what the, I, I went in with the naivety of because because. To me, I grew up with zines being a regular thing. Like, to me, a zine was always... And that's what I kind of call it. I, I, I don't know if it's as flashy enough to be a magazine, but I, I call it a zine. And, and zines, to me, were always regular. So they were always, you know, like now, like, you, you know, zine quest and, you know, look at zines for role-playing games. And they're, they're very sp- sporadic, most of them. Like, they come out once or they come out, you know, maybe three times a year whenever the designer wants to... And I, I kind of just went in with the mindset: if I do this, I have to do this regularly. Like I have to do this monthly. Yeah. Um, because that's the mindset I was in. Like I have to do this regularly. <laughs> and so I just started doing it regular. And then I looked around at the because I, I didn't really look at the zine. Like I kind of knew because I, you know, followed people on Twitter and stuff, and I kind of knew the the scene. But I, I didn't realize that most of the zines that are produced these days are like one-offs or. You know, they get crowd funded. You know, and I, I haven't even touched the the crowdfunding thing other than Patreon. Um, uh, you know, I haven't I haven't done a Kickstarter. I haven't done any of that stuff. And I could have, I could have gone down the road of okay, let's kickstart this, you know, for a thousand bucks or something, and and do it once every three months and be like a normal person and have a life. But I, <laughs> right. I chose the the you know the root of no let's just do this you know like and the first one was eight pages and i thought i can do eight pages a month that's that's pretty easy and like it's short sharp you know you could have and especially in the a5 size which is i don't know what the equivalent is in america i don't know what you call it uh it's like half a letter size
1: yeah i think i call it digest size or i think there's there's a statement i think is what some call it too
0: right um and it's not that big, you know, like it's, it, so to fill eight pages, it wasn't a great deal. And I just sort of put it out there and I called it issue zero because, you know, session zero, I tried to be yeah. clever, you know, as <laughs> a bit of a test thing. Cause I didn't think it I didn't know if it was going to work, but it worked really well. i got a good response. And then the next okay, issue was, well,
1: well and so what, no, I guess. So, yeah. so when did you, when did you do the first issue issue zero? Uh It was,
0: 14 months ago i think
1: oh that's good so so you you decide to do this and i'm assuming because you have a if i recall correctly i think you 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 have a free digital but you people can pay to get the the physical copy right yeah
0: so all issues are free on my website so they can download the pdf and then if they want to get a physical copy i if they can sign up to a level on patreon i've got one for australia one for overseas um, for the printed edition and that basically just covers sort of the postage and the printing costs the printing costs aren't too bad but the postage costs overseas are insane are getting crazy yeah.
1: insane so so you decided so when you did this uh so you did this you had to create a website to begin with right because you were you're were
0: planning on distributing it through yeah so i i had the website already so it depends on how far you want to go back so yumdm which is kind of the brand name that sits behind d12 monthly is the website and kind of all my socials um and that was actually from uh i do a bit of digital marketing but i still do and so that was kind of i was playing around what years ago and i thought you know dm digital marketing um <laughs> dm oh that that's dumb i'll never use that right <laughs> and then And then when I wanted to start this kind of, like, I wanted to, I I kind of felt like I wanted to give back. And so I started a website and I went and I kind of just looked at it and went, "Ah, it works. I'll I'll throw it up. I can always change it later. You know, like it was very much a, you know, I'll just do it. And then the more I thought about it, the more like, it's a very unique name. People are going to remember it. It's very short. The URL's short, the socials weren't taken, you know, for the most part. I'll just stick with it, whatever. I don't care. Uh, You know, I remember going to a conference years ago, and and um, one of the speakers was was talking about his business, and he hated his business name, and he was a successful start, you know, startup. And he said, names don't matter, because eventually, like Google, Google's a dumb name, but now because of everything that goes beyond behind it, people look at it like, but but it only assumes
1: you get to that level of
0: success. well yeah. yeah yeah Well, but any success <laughs> is some success you know what I mean it's all relative like I'm not expecting to be a Google right but, but that but I don't but, know how many millions people, of
1: people have to do it before Google sounds weird to all of a sudden that's just a brand name that everybody yeah like, exactly becomes you know, a like,
0: yeah 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 so um anyway so I, I thought I don't care whatever and then and then when I started the zine I sort of like because that was the the blog and everything came first I was sort of blogging for a little while and uh, blogging into obscurity basically you know um, and and that and that was the stage when I was still GMing, uh 5e so if, if a lot of the early like if you look through a website a lot of the early posts are sort of 5e related and then I started getting back into the OSR and when I say back into it I'm old enough to remember it the first time around and so uh, when I discovered the OSR I guess like the old school stuff and then when I discovered the OSR I was like more and more interested in it and I ended up kind of pulling the plug on the 5E campaign because I reached a point where, and I don't want this to turn into a 5E bagging fest, but I just it wasn't for me. Yeah, it, it just yeah. it was you know too too superhero and the direction that the company is, is going I don't really like and the whole thing like it's just the whole thing like it's not a bad system, you know it's not terrible but it's just not for me. Yeah. and. Um, so I pulled the plug on those campaigns and I, I was, I sort of discovered, uh, rediscovered again, solo GMing as well, like solo gaming. Cause my first in, intro into D and D was, I knew no one that played it back when I got my hands on the AD and player's handbook. Yeah, like I, I kind be, of, it,
1: I that kind of been hard in Australia finding people to play. Was it?
0: Uh, well, I was introduced to it by, by my brother. Cause he played with a friend of his. And, and again, like my, my introduction was very different. Like there was no people sitting around a table. It was just my brother had six characters and his friend was just kind of jamming. I don't know how hard it was really. Cause I was only young. And I remember watching him and then I got into the fighting fantasy books. I was reading them, you know, the choose your own adventure stuff and I love them and I still do. And, and then uh, I think I inherited his books, I think. And so I had the DMG and the player's handbook. I don't even think I had the monster manual at the stage. Maybe I did. And then I was just solo gaming. Like I I just was creating random dungeons from the DMC and just running my characters through. And again, I had like, I was running like six, seven, eight characters. I still, I still remember their names and I still have their, like every new campaign that I I always kind of sprinkle them in. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but the, but that's, that's how I introduced to it. So I kind of, and and that was when, that was like back in the, you know, the early eighties, I guess, or the mid eighties. And, and then, so now w- the fact that solo gaming is so popular kind of makes me smile and makes me happy because that was kind of how I, how I started. Um, so that was kind of cool. And then, and then the zine, I guess, I, I was looking, I was actually going down the video road. so my life is a bit chaotic and I, I was thinking, okay, well, like I want to do a video show. Like I want to go on YouTube and I want to do that. And I want to talk about D and D and blah, blah, blah. And, and I thought, oh, okay, I'll do an interview show. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then I just couldn't find the time. Like I couldn't set a block. I don't know how you do it. Like I couldn't set with family life and everything else going on. I couldn't set a block of time where I could just on my own, where I could just record and I was quiet and all this sort of stuff. And then the editing, like it does my head in. Um, And then I saw a video about a guy who um, was doing zines. And he just showed me how to do it in Google Docs. No, you know, just this is the template. This is the template. And it's still the template I use today. I credit him in issue zero um, for all those interested. And um, I I said, and then I saw that, and I went, well, why don't I just do a zine? That's a pretty good idea. And then I could just do it in Iran, like I can do half an hour here, an hour there, whatever. And it just all fell into place. And um, like I said, that was fourteen months ago, and I did the first one was eight issues. Uh, sorry, eight eight pages, and then and then the next one I thought oh, I'll do twelve, you know, because you got to go up in four increments, you know, just for the because right. I had in my idea that I wanted. Because I wanted at the start, I wanted this to be a physical thing. Like I wanted to create something that was, that people could hold in their hands. And then when I started doing the PDFs, the PDFs are so easy. Like you just, all I did was use Google Docs. I had the template. I just deleted, you know, copied it, deleted the info that from the issue before, and then just added, you know, added the new info. Um, and then, um, and I... I and because the PDS was so easy and i thought i'm just gonna do this for free like this is my marketing head i thought there's no way that i'm I'm an unknown like i've got no you know real you know skin in the game at all Um, i've just been jamming for 30 years you know that 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 was my claim and so i went i'm gonna offer it for free i'm just gonna give it give it away for free that's my marketing right pitch you know here's a free zine with some cool stuff and if you like it, you like it. I'm just producing stuff that I want. Like, and I, cause I looked around for zines. And this is where the frustration came, where I was like, man, these, this zine's really good, but it's not, it's not every week or it's not every month. I wanna, right. I wanna, I wanna right. subscribe to something that's kind of cool. And then the zines that were out there were kind of wacky. Like, no, like, I understand really, what you're saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're kind of gonzo. And I, I there's never like a liked, definite
1: fork in the road. There definitely yes. Yeah, I, I
0: never really liked the gonzo aspect of early dnd and um i still don't like and and there's they kind of a lot of the zines try and be like they're really good like they're well produced they're great content but they try and be out there you know yeah. like they try and be a- aesthetically amazing or something you know like that's their hook and for me i'd rather the content like, give me some really good content. I don't care if it's in, you know, block text that's, you know, hard to read, although I do care a little bit. But, you know, I, I don't care. As long as it's really interesting, I'll read it. And um, and so I couldn't find that. I couldn't find what I wanted. And, again, it's, you know, you hear all these stories about people make things that they want in the world. And and I joked on a podcast the other day that I <laughs> I kind of wish someone would do this so I don't have to do it right <laughs> you know what I mean so oh, yeah. I, I'm creating what I wanted and people are kind of finding it good you know um,
1: yeah because I think it, I you know I'm, I hate to say traditional but it does it's definitely more of a traditional feel And I think a different aim of yeah what you would expect and I agree with you it's it's and in fact I don't mind the the gonzo and, and the stuff going you know off but you know it's kind of like even with me with putting out out a zine for zine quest it's like choosing stock art for a cover and it definitely signals what who you're going after when you put that that cover do you do
0: you go after a dean spencer where it's a very traditional style which is which is the road i went down yeah i my like i'd say probably three quarters of my my zines have his covers i I, I've, i've been trying to diversify a lot about half I'm up to issue. I'm just doing issue 15 now. So 14 issue, 15 issues are out, including zero. So it's hard to keep track. But issue 14 just came out last couple of weeks. But about halfway through that, so about six or seven, I was using his covers because I was, I, I yeah, because if you sign up to his Patreon, you kind of get credits. So I didn't have to buy the art, and so at the beginning, I wasn't, I didn't have much money. Like I was just self funding it. So oh. I wanted to keep it down. So that was a way for me to pay. I think then it was like five bucks a month and I got enough credits. And what I did was I was kind of smart. So as soon as I, I knew I wanted to do a zine, I was sort of doing the research for it. i signed up to his Patreon. So by the time I actually released the first issue, I had this kind of backlog of credits that I could use. Um, and so the first, you know, it pretty much paid. F- I, I was pretty much, you know not spending a lot of money on those first issues um because most of the issues have just stock art through them i've commissioned a a couple of pieces um from from indie artists as well and i want to do more of that um especially for some of the other projects i'm doing but um the zine is is mostly stock art and so but now it pays for itself
1: you have to it's very i mean because i i approached a about just doing some some spot art and he provided a quote, but it was, I mean, it was more than I could pay. And then, yeah. Said, Thank yeah. you. I said, buy am using your stock art and I do appreciate. And he's like, Oh, no worries. You know, just.
0: What was that Dean?
1: Yeah. He even said, you know what? He goes, yeah. if, if he goes, if these creatures ever come up for a vote or come up where people will put up for that, he goes, I'll put it to the top. I'm like what a nice yeah. guy. It's
0: like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah he's, 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 he's like, I don't actually mind using his art because I, I i love the guy he's he's such a nice guy you know and he he gives so much to the community and he's got such a nice little business model um i always say to some of my artistic friends i said like, follow this guy's business model because he's making enough money off his art like he's making money off his art oh yeah you know, like um you know and he's doing okay i, I would imagine um but yeah i, I don't I, I really like supporting the good guys in the industry and I think that's one of the things that I want to do from like I've just started doing now is really start using my platform you know I mean it's minor in in the big scheme of things but using that to promote you know the artists and the and the people that I really admire and that I've used and I've you know because there's a lot of indie people out there that just don't have the same platform
1: right but know. it takes money to do that so people need to be throwing money your way
0: yeah it 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 does for me it's it's a it's a labor of love so i don't mind spending a bit of my own cash but like i said like most of the time now like it, it's self-funded so right. if i i've got a i've sort of just recently done a budget for how much the art's going to cost because uh, that's the biggest cost for me because i can't draw so I've got a few artist friends who throw in pieces and, and every now and again, I'll get someone, some really nice person who, who loves the magazine or the zine and we'll just go, hey, join to draw some pictures for you for nothing, you know? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, then, and, and even issued, the first issue, I believe, actually had a guest post, which was um, John from Taylor Manicor. Who is someone you you should probably talk to? Um, he's he's another great guy. Okay. Who does? Have you have you listened to Taylor Manicor podcast? No, I haven't. Okay, it's it's definitely worth listening to. It's it's basically like a a cross between a solo role play session and a and a grim dark story telling. So basically, he tells a story, but he uses the the basic D D rules as the vehicle for telling that story. But it's really well produced. It's really well put together. He's just starting season two now. Okay. Um, but season one was great. Yeah, really, really good storytelling um, and a really good mashup between the two. Um, and so he he gave me a, an article. And so I, I have guest, guest posts, sort of guest articles, sort of maybe one or maybe average one a month, maybe, maybe one every two months. Um, I, I don't pay for them. And I don't ask them to do it. They just sort of offer. They say, "Hey, I just want a bit of exposure or whatever." And because I'm not at the point, like I'm, I'm starting to think now. Okay, so how much can I offer somebody without insulting them? (laughs) And I know you've you've talked a lot about this on your oh yeah about you know do I pay three cents a word? And I know you're offering now six six cents a word for for an article, and I and I kind of. I'm like okay so my most of my articles are around a thousand words so that's what like 60 bucks yeah um which isn't too bad you know like now that I kind of put the number because I always thought there's no way I can afford to pay someone to write articles and that's kind of what I do um I'd rather pay for the art because I can't do it you know what I mean right but now I'm thinking oh well you know if 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 my if my earnings get to the point where I can, that diversity actually might be good for the zine, you know? Um, but I think the thing
1: too is if you're writing the whole... If all you're doing is uh, you're not paying for all the writing, that's no more than buying
0: stock art, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. Because I, I think my budget for for stock art per issue was around that sort of 60 bucks, 50 to 60, you know? Like, you know, it covers... Covers range probably anywhere from it depends if I if I use Dean, it's free because I'm I'm paying <laughs> I've got all these credits yeah. to use up, but uh if 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 I use somebody else, which I, I do try and to do because I like to share the wealth around as well, um it might be like say 20 to 30 bucks for the cover. Um, and so that's half the budget gone. And then the interior is just black and white. So I kind of did it on purpose. A lot of these things I kind of did by accident, but then I kind of think, well, maybe I did it on purpose, and I just wasn't aware of it. But I did the the cover is color, uh, and it's usually printed on a on a thicker stock, and then the interior is all black and white. And I and I wanted to do that initially because in my mind I was like, I want the OSR feel, like I want that old school feel, and that's that black and white interior. But to make it pop, to get people's attention, I want that colour cover, you know. So I think, like you said, the the cover does sell it. But I feel like some of the some of the indie zines sort of do that black and white kind of cover, and I think does that get lost? You know, is that is that enough to draw people's attention? Like some of the art is awesome. Like some of the, but a lot of the zines I I see, I go eh. But then again, you know, it depends on the audience you're going for. And to be honest, when I started, I wasn't, I didn't have an audience in mind. Like my zine is what I call edition agnostic. So I try and keep it for everybody, no matter what edition. There's definitely an OSR sort of old school aesthetic to it. Like, um, the vibe of it is definitely that because of the art I use but that's just because of the art. That's the art I love.
1: Right. Like
0: that line art, that black and white line art is, is my, like my perfect art spot. You know, if you had a color version of it and a line art version, I'll go the line art version every time, you know? And so, um, but if you read the articles, you know, like if, if, if something calls for a saving throw, like I'll say like a wisdom saving throw or a, you know, a spell saving throw. You know, like I'll, I'll divvy it up because I know kind of the, the 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 lingo in each edition, except for fourth. I don't, I don't touch fourth at all. But I'm a big fan of third edition, so I use that lingo as well. So it's kind of like the the you know the the old school, you know, six old oh, five, sorry, saves, and then the third edition's three saves, and then the fifth edition's kind of ability saves. So I kind of keep it kind of open. Um, because a lot of the, a lot of the articles aren't necessarily about the mechanics. It's about for me, I hope when people read it, they just get ideas. They just get inspired, they just get and so while there are some mechanical stuff in there like you know um, I'm writing one now on you know combat maneuvers, I feel like that you could still tinker with that enough to include it in most editions. I think. And and that's what I want people to do. I don't want them just to go, Oh, Hey, this is perfect. This is, this is exactly what I wanted. Or if they do that. That's fine. But what I want them to do is go, Hey, this is a really cool idea. I'll take this and I'll add this and then I'll change this. And I'll, you know, cause that for me, that's what d d is. It's, it's, you know, stuff raw, like just tinker and play and, and wreck and, you know, mold and, you know, whatever like that for me, that's, the greatness of D&D and a lot of other I guess role-playing games as well but D&D specifically is built so that you can kind of do that
1: yeah I think especially more so I think yeah and I think and that's kind of how when we when you know we didn't have the internet so a lot of that stuff that's what we had to do right because there was no
0: yeah and and I'm actually and, reading um I don't know if I've got it here but um I'm actually reading a book the elusive shift i think it is um, and it's about the history of d like and and but not just about the history of it uh, the 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 arguments that happened and like the, the ways the different play styles and how they evolved and stuff and in that like the even before dnd was dnd the these kind of rules were circulated around and each city had their own version of right it because there was no there was no hard and fast rule around even role-playing the the term role-playing wasn't even invented like that came in the sort of the the mid to late 70s after the books were released you know what do we call this you know um and and you had like your two broad you know your 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 war gamers suicide and then you had your your sci-fi fans who kind of got brought in and and one were more role-playing and one were more you know like your hardcore you know this is a this is a war game and well, it's really and, you kind know, of like, you see how, it today.
1: But that's kind of well, even with Dave Arneson and Gary Gygax, who that I think it yeah. epitomizes it right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Arneson was way more into the whole, you know, political <laughs> politics and the you know, the backstabbing the role-playing, and the yeah, you know, was, I imagine Gygax is very sort of analytical and you know, tactical and um and so but they were having those arguments even before it was really kind of. A, a, a proper game, you know, like before it became really Dungeons and Dragons, as we know it, or anywhere close to it. And so you know and and I love that. Like, I love that Boston had their rules. l a had their rules. like the forty six drop the three ability came out of l a just at someone you know people's tables because that's how they yeah. played, you know, like, and to me, and then the Midwest had there, obviously they had there because that was the birth of it. But all these different cities, satellite, people learned, and then they took it back to their cities and it molded and evolved and changed. You know, and exactly the same arguments as we're having now were had back then, you know, about alignment, about <laughs> you know, you know, whether you could kill baby, baby goblins if you're lawful. You know. All those arguments were had back then, you know, yeah, the yeah. mid 70s. You know, it's crazy. It's, a, it's, a, it's an eye-opening book. the elusive shift i think it's called but i highly recommend it it's it's and to me that's really that that's the core of dungeons and dragons and why i love it so much is because you can play it so many different ways and you can play your way and your way is going to probably suck to someone else but who cares you know yeah and i think it's also what's
1: interesting is i think with a lot of the indies have uh, designers have come to the osr and then they're taking in the school the, the 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 system and stretching it and changing it in all sorts of different directions you know some making
0: it more more light yeah, more complex yeah i mean there's i think there's always a part of me that will go ah oh, that's 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 not right <laughs> when i see something but you've got to resist that like you've got to you've got to go you can't you can't go you're you know you're wrong even though you think they're wrong <laughs> because that's you know you're wrong to them you know you're like, you, you've got to rise above that instinct of you know you're different so therefore you're my enemy yeah i you mean know, i'm
1: what's not like, i'm not really hegelian but but there's a sense of you know hegel is like the, it was there's thesis and there's antithesis and yeah. then those come together and you form a synthesis of the two yeah. i think that's just it is like it's different it doesn't mean it's wrong but it's like but no. maybe something yeah. You may not ever agree with it, but it may change your thinking on something. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's and that's and that's well. As much as there's, there's so much about five e I, I dislike it from from the rules up, and but there are certain things in that that I've taken away that I've that and I still use and say for my solo games. Like a lot of the tables in the DMG, I still use because that, that that the DMG is an amazing for five e is a great book. Um. Forget the rules, just just from a, a random randomized table. Yeah. You know, you can
1: randomize a whole campaign well, in a dungeon. The, I think the advantage and, and disadvantage rules are pretty impressive. I mean, it's it's very simple. And they may not have been the first ones to do it, but just a simple advantage and disadvantage. Let's just drop all this other yeah. pluses and minuses. It's like that's a very I d-
0: Yeah, I I did like that. And then the more I thought about it, the and this this is where I think 5e gets me, is the more I think about it, the more I dislike it. Um, because I think, I think while advantage and disadvantage, just seems like a, it's a very, it, well, it is, it's a very simple rule. I think it's a very blunt object. So to apply a, a plus five or negative five penalty on something, uh, is huge. Indeed. That, that's, that's like a quarter of the D 20 year old, you know? Oh like, yeah. No. So I, I think. While it's easy and it's kind of, and a lot of the OSR games have kind of picked it up and run with it. For me, I don't think I'd ever use it because um, I, I like the granularity of, of like, is it plus one, plus two? And I feel like plus five, like to get a plus five bonus, you must be doing something really, really, really good. But think about it, like, let's say for instance, you wanted to do um,
1: random encounters. Mm. You can do advantage and disadvantage for that one sex. six.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. And, and I've used that, that mechanic in, in a, even in my zines in a couple of articles where I've, I've taken, like, for example, one of the, I think one of the articles on, I'm just trying to remember which one it was, uh, Damage, I did advantage. Oh, that's right. It was for um, weapons versus armor. So I broke the, the armor down into to leather mail plate and then just did you gain like piercing um, slashing and bludgeoning and you know for example bludgeoning I'm just trying to remember what it was bludgeoning might get disadvantage against leather for example because it absorbs the the blow or whatever um and so I've used, and that, that's on the damage dice. So I've used that mechanic, but I've used it. And, and that's why I said before, that's a, probably a really good example of what I said. Like I, I dislike 5e, but I've kind of pulled that mechanic and then used it in a so, different so, way. See so what I like about it too, if you like, do reaction rolls, you can do
1: that for, for the 2d6 table for, for OSE or PX. The problem is if you just use modifiers, you take out the opportunity for there to be either the, the hostile reaction or the friendly. But yeah. if you introduce a, 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 a advantage or disadvantage,
0: you still keep that possibility without removing it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's different ways to use it. I, I probably wouldn't use it as a to-hit mechanic, but, but for, for that example and the damage me- example... You, but it-
1: the thing is, like, if you don't think about it just as everything, but let's just say, for instance, uh, let's say you have a, a very strong poison, or a very weak yeah. poison. You say, you know what? There's two poisons, regular, weak, and strong. Yeah, And it's going to be your disadvantage and disadvantage. You don't have to do damage yeah. class True. or whatever, or plus or mind. You just say it's a it's a strong poison
0: yeah. disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it comes down to, and this is, this again, this is probably why 5e isn't the best for me, is because the way I sort of see their design the way they designed the game was they they swung the pendulum too far to simplicity and while a lot of the mechanics are very simple in that game whereas i'm like i'm as much as i love like old-school dnd um and a lot of the osr stuff which is very sort of leans towards the more simple i'm a, I'm a big fan of third edition as well which is crunch you know so and the character generation stuff in third edition is amazing whereas 5e they've kind of simplified it but then everyone becomes kind of the same and it's kind of vanilla you know oh and so see right when you say simple yeah, so i, I kind see of see yeah like it, I, I kind of see the the advantage disadvantage like that as well where yeah they've made it simple but what have they lost in that simplicity what are they oh, giving up
1: yeah i don't necessarily love the combat or things like that but but that concept because i as yeah. i'm writing things it's like making things easier or harder and based yeah. on certain situations yeah. it's a very simple
0: and it doesn't require enough yeah yeah, yeah but, i agree like i think it could be used in in heaps of different ways
1: yeah um, but but i think it's interesting you talk about because i so I'm kind of like the opposite i really do not like uh, third edition but i'm just like lukewarm at best with fifth edition
0: yeah 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 I look I just I wouldn't GM it anymore I I, I've I've I could probably play two or three campaigns now if I wanted to and I just choose not to because I'm kind of jamming my own stuff and that's using OSE and I'm happy you know like I don't for me it's, it's about how many hours do I have in the day to play or to to create stuff and if I had all the time in the world, I would probably create or play 5e, but it's not high in the priority list. You know, that's how I kind of look at it. it well, I think for me, it does not
1: emulate the genre I want to. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that too, like it, it's very high fantasy. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I always, I kind of wished like for my wish list for D D is that they create an edition that tells you how to play every genre you want to play. So, if you want to play Sword and Sorcery, yes. this is, and, yes. and this, this and this will be in the yes. DMG. This is how you play Sword and Sorcery. Th-
1: that was the promise of 5e. That was the promise. Yeah, I the know. DMG. They promised that. And
0: it kind of, in the DMG, it goes, okay, you can play Sword and Sorcery. No, you can't. <laughs>
1: well, what they don't provide is there's all sorts of levers you could pull, right? You know, whether it's uh, the healing, you know, the, the way like, you're healing every, every short rest, yeah, yeah, every like long. The-
0: yeah, you can make it a, instead of a day.
1: You, you could take out, you could take healing off the table through, through clerics. You could, there's a lot of levers and switches and knobs and buttons you can push, but they never tell you what the effects of those are and what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you yeah. say, you know what, no, no healing by clerics and it's going to take you, you're only getting one hit point back per, per week. Yeah. What does that mean? What should you as a GM be doing differently?
0: Yeah. But then but then it but then you but then you come into the thing like you go, okay, so healing, you do a week instead of a day, okay, but what does that mean for say warlocks who get their spells back every hour right or you know do do they have to wait for that as well as the healing like do they you know and so it it's kind of like this like it's not easy to change, it's not modular enough to change exactly exactly yeah. And I guess that's probably what I'm after, a modular system. And I kind of figured by fifth edition, they, they could have had this stuff down. And I feel like they've just gone completely another way. And that's fine. That, that's the business I think model. It's,
1: I don't think very many systems emulate multiple styles of play well. I don't know if there's really any.
0: Yeah. But if, but if there was going to be one, D&D would be it. Like you think about the the how DD started and it was very sort of the sorcery and you know very pulp fiction yeah. and and so it can do it but then and then and it can do high adventure and it can do mid level fantasy which was kind of what third it was I, I kind of see it that way so it it through the editions it's kind of done all this stuff can we can we just kind of bring it together i think like, to me it's like uh, i can't remember
1: if it was a devils were Prada, or maybe it was maybe it wasn't Devil's Prada, maybe it was just uh, what's her name? The 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 gal who went to to prison for uh, I don't know for taxes, um, Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah, but the idea is I mean, it's Martha Stewart. I think she made a statement like she's the one that defines what you know, what is uh, uh, what is I don't say proper, what's the word I'm looking for, what is going to be trendy she doesn't yeah. follow trends she makes the trend and i think that's yeah, where D yeah. is they're not saying we're not following anybody we are creating and this is this is what everything else is going to define itself by
0: yeah yeah i mean look it's it's super popular um and it's doing well <laughs> and you know who am i to say they're doing it wrong um I've, I've got my, my dinky zine. Yeah, so de- well, so <laughs> to know. be
1: honest, I think they're doing it right. And by, by saying right is they're wildly popular. They're raising the consciousness of people towards these games. Yeah. They're breaking barriers. They're bringing people into the hobby and, uh, and they'll, they'll be, people from that will, it, will sprinkle out into other genres and
0: other games. And I, and I think, I think it will, because my highest visited blog post on my site, is is one that i wrote about how to transform 5e into osr so basically i just list how how i would go about transforming 5e if you want to play a more sort of osr type old school type dnd and it's my most popular blog post by far it's the whole 80 20 you know parental principle you know like um it always ranks like number one or number two as, as far as people visiting the website. And they stay and they read it because I can see the time on page, you know. And so there's a lot of people who are playing 5e who realise that, okay, maybe it's a bit over the top that want to move it back and are interested in that. And that that to me means that um, that there is people going coming in from d playing it for a while, going, meh, uh, you know, what's the, oh, hang on, what's this other stuff over here? You know, like they might not be playing other, other role-playing games straight away, but they, I think they're interested in other additions. Um, and I think right. that's why OSE is so popular. I mean, look, look at their Kickstarters, you know, they're, they're raking in a lot of money through the Kickstarters. They are, I, they are.
1: And uh, I think what's also interesting going back to kind of the signal that they're doing through their artwork, they're kind of creating their own they're kind of creating their own, I don't know how to describe it, their own um feel to the game. It's through yeah. the art, yeah. their art choices. Yeah. They're, they're not really doing their they, even though they do have uh Earl Otis doing, you know, the box, but they're yep. they're they're not going like crazy quirky, but they're almost going, I don't know what
0: how to describe
1: it. Um
0: Yeah, I I definitely get the sense of what you're talking about because I I don't buy their modules. <laughs> this is probably very superficial, but artwork means a lot to me. Like, if the artwork isn't my style, I'm probably not going to look at it, right? And so, um, and their artwork, I don't particularly like. Like, the Errol Otis style, I guess, if you want to call it that, to me, doesn't appeal. That Like, he's a great artist, and I, I get oh, what the appeal is. Yeah, I'm like
1: the opposite. If it's Errol Otis, I'd want every piece Errol Otis. If
0: I could do but, that. But, I, but for me, it's, it's not, it, it's a bit too... Cartoony, like maybe I don't know if that's the right word. Well, it's I not understand what you're enough.
1: saying. It provides a certain feel. And I think it, I yeah. think the art d- does the art represent the kind of game you want to play or what kind of yes
0: Yeah, yeah. I and I, I'm, play I'm much more L. of a low fantasy, low to mid fantasy kind of gritty, realistic. Like another blog post I've got is, is basically called Grounded Fantasy and, and it lays out how I want my fantasy. Yeah, because Earl and, Otis,
1: I think, is a little bit of horror, surreal
0: yeah Be deadly surreal i think that's the bit i don't that, that rubs me wrong for D. yeah the surreal bit yeah 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 I, I get why people like it but again for me it it's too surreal and not gritty enough to me it almost has a lovecraftian feel to
1: it as well yeah yeah, yeah. There's yep. just a
0: darkness to it that's just, yeah there, uh, there is there's it's kind of this because he uses such bright colors but underneath it you kind of go there's something else going on here <laughs> like you know what i mean like i love the art but but it doesn't scream D to me but but as artwork I, I would happily hang one on my wall <laughs> right uh, right you know but it doesn't evoke play wrong. to you it doesn't evoke what you're wanting yeah, out but, of the game yeah so it's 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 so going back to the osc i think that they're using that to create the style and that's you know, and I think they were tapping into a lot of the OSR and the old school players, which it obviously has. Um, but for me, I love the set. I love the fact that it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's BX, but it's, you know, it, it's laid out so well. I love it. Um, for, for my head, looking at that book, it's just, it's just beautiful. And, and it's funny because their zine is very close in, in formatting to my zine. Um, uh, and I think on that level, I, it kind of resonates. And so um, I think for, for going back to the zine, just for a minute, the way I look at it, there's four principles to, to creating that the zine, there's, there's four things you need, really. One is writing, two is the art, three is layout, and four is editing, proofreading which, which kind of you can tie into probably writing as, as part of that process. So maybe three. The writing I do myself, I've got that, right? The art I get stock art, but the layout, and this is probably where I differ to a lot of the zines that are out there, especially for the for the old school stuff. I took that out of the equation. So I'm horrible at graphic design and, and layout and stuff. I, my brain just doesn't work like that and I'm not artistic enough to do it. I probably could practice and, and spend a whole lot of time to learn it but i don't have that time right right so so what i did was with the template that i had and i still use it i took it out of the equation so i could either pay for it take it out of the equation or do it myself and i decided to take that out of the equation so by and this is this is why i can pump it out every month really is that i don't worry about i, I get messages a lot from people who who see my zine and go hey can i you know chew your ear and, and get some you know pointers and can you have a look at my zine and stuff and then a lot of them go oh i'm just spending so much time on layout like and i went nah, I just do it in google docs you know <laughs> and all it is is two columns the image is just overlaid it uh, over the top of it um and that's it for layout but so thing i'll
1: tell you about google uh, docs which I didn't realize how i started digging there is a tremendous amount of layout tweaks you can do that's not yeah. obvious like you yep. can really yeah do many many more things than what's obvious to get yeah. even more you know uh yep. so it is a very robust even though it's obscure where this these tools are and it's not as easy as other programs but you can do yep. it with google docs
0: Yeah. And, and I've probably only touched the surface really. There's a heap of stuff that I haven't even looked at, but again, it goes back to my time. Like, do I want to spend a day um, playing around with layout, which might not even turn out, or do I want to spend a day writing, you know, and getting two or three more articles out, you know, and I'd much, much prefer the latter. So I, I know like when we discussed about me coming on here, one of the things you wanted to discuss was just about, you know, the, the regularity of it and and that's I think that's my trick I've just taken layout out like I've taken one of those four or three fundamentals out of the picture and therefore I can focus and then I just buy the art and now I then I can just focus on content editing you know writing that stuff and so I only have to do one thing you know like like there's still layout as far as you know like where does this picture go but even that I've kind of got a I've put a formula, right? You know, like I in my back of my head, I've got like you have to have a picture every two or three pages, uh, because otherwise it just looks too much text. You just kind of break it up. You know, I I start with an image at the top of the most articles, um, just to set the scene. Um, You know, so there is some layout stuff there, the decisions there, but but to to actually lay out like get into a program and and lay it all out and get the artwork and, you know, edit it. And before you even put it in the layout program and, you know, all this sort of stuff that, that, that would take me months, literally, you know, so I, I've just ignored it, you know, and I've done the, I've done a template and I use that template again and again. And even some of my other projects, I just use the same template. Like I'm just, you know, it's almost being lazy, but I know that it's going to take me too long to do something well, but I fans. think the
1: other thing too is, especially as you keep doing this, you're creating a consistency, and I think people enjoy that yeah. consistency.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think people, I think human beings like consistency. Like I yeah. like, like, I think they like my, my zine coming out every month. I think they like getting it in the mail every month because it, it it's a it's it's a, and I think I think people just like. The feeling of like there's a, there's a certain level of comfort in that, you know what I mean? Like I think that's why subscriptions work. You know, like you pay out every month and you might get something like you'll get a box of random toys or something, you know, whatever yeah. you whatever you're doing. But there's a level of comfort in that. It's like, you know, in a level of you know, like you get your dolphin hit every month or something, you know. Like, um, I, I think I think it's built into the human nature to to for for consistency to happen, you know.
1: And they, they have ex- expectations too. I mean, yeah. now after all these issues, they expect that consistency within your your your, mag- your zine. So. Yeah,
0: I, I often think like if I went down the, the layout design route and I designed this kind of, you know, really cool, uh, I think I'd get blowback. Yeah. Like, I, I think I would be like, oh, I like your old stuff better, <laughs> you know, like that, you know. And, and I get that. Like, I, for me, it's about the content like I said before for me it's all about the content you know as long as it's aesthetically pleasing and I can read it and I you know I do the you know I break paragraphs up pretty pretty I don't have walls of text and stuff as long as you meet those basic criteria for me it's just about reading reading stuff you know um and and just to get ideas and and the articles are only a thousand words roughly usually maybe even less you know uh, some i've just done one column you know like if i'm just doing a couple of magic items or something like that and for me from a design point of view it's kind of it works too because i'm to work on a huge project it takes for me a lot of effort but if i can just write you know five six seven different articles on different topics i'm I'm much happier you know it's that those short bites right you know, and even though, you know, people say that's how you create something big, you break it up. Um, in my head, it, I, I kind of, I get I have so many ideas. I'm like, oh, I'd rather just do seven articles in one zine than write a whole book on something on one topic, you know, like, because all these other ideas would be floating around still
1: i think there's definitely i mean our personalities come into play in the things that are Ooh. rewarding to us and the things aren't aren't some of the things that become work i mean obviously there's some things that are work that we don't like to do that we have to do but yeah might as we'll make it fun because yep. <laughs> it's like
0: yeah yeah but i mean having said that I, there there are a few longer term projects that i'm working on but they're kind of in the background and they kind of sit there and um like i'm I'm working on a series of of monster manual type books um which i think you are too aren't you You're yeah on. so my
1: plan is um i'll oh, let secret so my plan was is to take the ose bestiary yeah but, but do the but do write-ups for them but in a way that actually gives gm's ideas on how to use them
0: yeah yeah so if
1: you if you come up with an acolyte like what do you do with a roll up an acolyte
0: yeah 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 you, you, you roll up a camel what do you do with a camel so would it be, would it be like a, like, okay. So you rolled an acolyte, you look up acolyte, you roll another D6 and this is the story, his story. Like number three is different to number one or is, is that? No, how no. It's like, it why, or? what are these acolytes doing? Are they there to yeah,
1: oppose okay. you? Are they there to assist you? And then, yeah. okay. But, but
0: is that, is that like a random, like it would be more random roles or will it sort of be like a set?
1: It just depends that they, they, they all vary. So like the acolytes, I kind of talk about what, you know, what they could be doing and interacting with the party and then i would also put in well if they're chaotic or if they're opposing alignments like you know they could be helping you but it'd be very interesting is if they're also an opposite alignment yeah you know and and then you come with these conundrums or it could be even with a like let's say with a boar i kind of looked at the mythology surrounding a boar and then look at ways you can um, and put that mythology into you know, yeah. a boar. Yeah, that and sounds cool.
0: It. Yeah. I think mine's more centered on getting the monsters into the world. So I'm really big on world building. And I think throughout the editions, there's a lot of bits and pieces around how to, like, where, where, does, where does a Minotaur fit in your world? Like, where does, where does a Medusa, like, how does the Medusa affect you know, the surrounds, like where, where do you put Centaurs? Where do you put Wemmicks? Where do you put, right. You know, where do these people live? Like do they live on the open plains or do they live in the, in the mountains, you know, like, so, and it's sort of a, a probably a way to help create random encounter tables as well. So, so you could go, you could easily just look at the monster manual and go like, so it's, it's more less com- less about the combat side of it. Cause I th- kind of think that's been done to death. And I like your, the way that you're kind of bringing encounters into it. Like it, it's like, doesn't have to be combat. Like it can be yeah. something else. Whereas mine, I think it will focus on, on where to put them in your world. Um. So, you know, not, not only, and, and how they act like, so are they nocturnal? Are they, you know, So we're
1: really doing like an ecology.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Basically an ecology of, of monsters, but probably a little bit, probably a few other things in there as well. Yeah. So I, I think it to
1: me it demonstrates that you know you can look at the monster manuals. In fact, the, talking about 5e products, they would come out with these uh like uh uh I forget I got I got several of the books prime so, foes isn't it yeah something? and I'm like I'll yeah. get all excited and I start reading through it and it's like it's still all these words
0: and it doesn't give me anything I can really use. Yeah. And and it's even worse now because the the, the latest one, I, I believe they ripped out all the lore. Um, so you just basically have this neutral stat block with powers and there's no guidance on how to use them or what their history is or, right, you know. What would be nice is if they said, you
1: know what, we don't think these things should always be evil. Okay, give me three options. Give me yeah. the lore. Okay, these, if you want orcs roll world to be one way, it's this. If you want to be another,
0: it's this. And others others yeah. like,
1: okay, that'd be fun,
0: you know. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. It, it, but it's- instead, they kind of went the other way. They, like, I, I don't know what their end game is with that. Like, whether it's they wanted them neutral so they could just put them into any universe they create from now yes. on. Yes. Yes, I think so. Yeah, but then, then, that's then they're going to the have to write the law for that
1: universe. Maybe I don't know. But like, but we, they yeah. never really have come up with a setting book, though, have they?
0: No, not not an original. I think they I think they They brought out one which was like the sigil equivalent. Like the yeah. Plugin. So basically, I think they're going to use that as a hub, and then they're going to create these different worlds that lead off from that hub. Maybe I don't know.
1: Well, I think it. Like why, why, why not just use everything. sigil? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, and they they have put out, I think, a little bit of stuff from from the Magic the Gathering settings.
0: Yeah, but there's which, not really been
1: a. Yeah, but nothing that's really been deep, I don't think.
0: No, and then they did this whole Strixhaven thing, and it, that was a bit of a bomb. Um, like I, I don't like. I'd like just to see a really healthy world, you know. Like back in the second edition, they used to, you know, they had Dark Sun, they had Planescape, they had, um, uh, uh, they still had Greyhawk going. They had Forgotten Realms. Like these, these were chunky worlds that are still beloved now. You know, and I just don't see that in Five E. Maybe, no. like maybe with um, what's his name, Matt Mercer? He's he's had a couple of campaign books. Maybe that, scratching that itch. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it's definitely nothing. Yeah, like it used to be. Even with, with what I'm assuming, what he, even though I haven't looked at his stuff, I I assume yeah. it's more high level. But yeah, it's just uh, it just doesn't seem like you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, at least as far as in D&D land but I guess the old stuff's still there so yeah and that's that's what's great about it
0: like I I love the fact that you can still you know download or buy secondhand the old the old stuff and I've I've sort of kept my collection sort of slowly growing from eBay and and you know Facebook Um, just trying to get some of that old stuff that I really liked that I kind of lost over the years Um, but then you know like other stuff I'll just buy on pdf you know the fact you can just download you know 20 bucks and you can download a whole setting or something yeah you know from drive through it's, it's great um yeah i i love the fact that the old stuff like if the old stuff wasn't there and we just had 5e i would go nuts um but the fact that it's there and, and it's a vibrant community like i mean the fact that i can produce the zine and have you know fifty odd people on patreon pay me money every month uh just for producing something that i you know i I wanted to produce anyway um, so this floors me
1: you you probably don't know the demographics as far as systems that the people use for your my, for my patrons no the patrons. yeah
0: i mean it, it i th- I played around it's it's weird my my demographics kind of a bit all over the shop so if you look at my email subscriber list it's 35 and above most of them but if you look at my patrons which i can kind of figure out i think that skews younger uh with with but with some older people as well so maybe 50 50 maybe older younger um and whereas yeah. So, and whereas my website visits are just all over the place, like um, location-wise, it's all mostly state-based. Um, although I'm, I'm breaking into Europe now, I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've got at least one one Patreon follower from um, from Sweden. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So it's 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 all over the place, uh, and a few from Australia and stuff. But um, yeah. So it my demographic stuff depending on which platform you know and, and the email thing doesn't surprise me a lot because emails like i don't think a lot of young people subscribe to newsletters as much as older people do so that doesn't surprise me um because a lot of younger people probably get their news and stuff from social media and and stuff so i i would say it's probably generally would be a split but as far as addition usage I'd say it was skewed towards the OSR sort of old school stuff. Um, I I don't know whether I'd have a lot of Patreons or patrons who are 5e diehards because I don't think the aesthetic is the same. Like I think, I think the, the feel and the, the aesthetic for my zine um, other than the, maybe the occasional front cover um, it just, it's not, it doesn't, I, I don't think, I don't think it would appeal, you know, so, whereas I think, I think it's a shame in a way because the articles, some of the articles they could use, um, and maybe they do, you know, I, I don't know, um, you know, I mean, the the zine gets downloaded, you know, hundreds of times, <laughs> um, you know, I've, I, I sort of keep tally about, and, you know, it's a rolling thing, so, you know, like, it'll get, obviously get a spike the month it releases, um, and then, but then over, over time, like if I have like issue one and two has been downloaded way more than any other edition because it's just the length of time it's been up there. So people will go there, discover it, download a whole bunch of them.
1: Yeah, um, or I think, I think even if people start later, it's like with a podcast, uh, it's kind of changed more lately, but I think people would tend to hear the podcast and then may go to the first two couple episodes
0: yeah they won't necessarily go back to all
1: of them but they will grab at least go back to the beginning yeah uh,
0: well with your podcast i obviously start came in and listened to the first the latest ones at the time and then now i've been going backwards (laughs) because um i'm just sort of going back in reverse order um so there's a lot of it's it's kind of annoying because i know you guys you have a lot of people on who have kickstarters at the time Yes. I go, man, that sounds really cool. Oh, that was like six months ago. <laughs> Damn it, I missed it. <laughs> so, But but other than that, it's great. Yeah. Um, I, and I've gotten into, I've, I've followed a lot of people on Twitter, thanks to your podcast. I think like Levi. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was one I think I started following just because I listened to him on your podcast. Um, there's a couple of others. I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but yeah.
1: I, I will say, yeah, there's definitely a large. It, it, it's, I'm not saying there aren't any bad actors out there, but in general, as far as the creators go, I've just seen nothing but really just good, positive people all the way
0: around. Yeah, I, I found that like a lot of people bag Twitter, and, and I must admit, I've heavily curated Twitter. You have to. to point. <laughs> yeah, you have to. And, and the, but the tools are there to do it. Like that's yeah. why I love the platform. Like Facebook is just a mess. Whereas, at least with you know, except for the groups, some of the groups are okay. But at least with Twitter, it gives you the tools that you can go, okay, I want to... Like, I've blocked 5e, like, as a term. So I don't even see 5e stuff anymore. One, I'm not that interested. And two, yeah. it, it's just fighting. Like, that's that's the only thing that I used to see. And as soon as I blocked it, I went, man, my life is better, you know? Yeah. Like, so, and I'm sure that there's a lot of 5e people out there who block OSR, you know, like, because they they just get into fights because of that. You know, like, so but but i like i've blocked people i've muted people i've muted conversations i've you know but i've got it to the point now where i go on there and i'm like actually this is pretty good i want to hear from most of these people you know like
1: yeah i agree in fact uh it's it's taken me a a bit but no it's it's definitely a very positive thing i i can pretty much go there at any time and see quite a bit of posts you know and i think the other thing is you know i gotta be careful too sometimes it's like uh, you know people will you may like a person but then you see the likes that this person does can start filling your feed and you'll be like I like you I don't like what you like because I don't want to see this <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I gotta no, I'm, I'm you. very much
0: a I'm very much a uh I won't like someone just because they liked me I'm, I'm very fussy so if 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 you're on my friends list like all my people I follow on there you've earned it you know and and because I, I Twitter is, is such a um, I, I only use it for role-playing stuff. That's it. I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about my VHS collection. I don't talk about books, you know, other books, just d So it, even if you're really good and you've got a, an amazing zine, if you talk about politics all day on your Twitter, I'm not following you.
1: I'm, I'm pretty much the same I look at, yeah. what I'll do is I'll look at see what people post. So somebody follows me but maybe they don't post very often. I'll follow them back. Cause I, I figure they're not going to pollute it too much. Yeah. But then there's a, you know, then, but the other thing is I do look at the stuff they do and is it, is it positive stuff or is it just yeah. a bunch of negative? Yeah. And I, yeah. and I don't mind a little bit of politics. I just don't want it all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for me, it's, it's each platform has its own use. Like I follow politics and other platforms, you know, like I get my news from other platforms. I don't, need to see it on on you know I've even I've even done stupid things like I leave the messenger bar up um so it covers up the trending stuff on twitter um I used to have a I used to have a google uh plugin thing on the browser on chrome that used to get rid of the trending yeah um, but it, it it stopped working all of a sudden so I ended up just putting the message bar up and that covers it up so i don't see it <laughs> so i don't get distracted like all i see is just that you know right. so just things like that like it just makes you know and on mobile you don't see it anyway so um yeah so it just makes life a lot easier on that platform because it is full of crazy stuff yeah
1: um, and but and but, it, think- but it's
0: my platform for for you know dnd and and role playing in general well, I, I think like
1: too is like I've also started you know following artists too. It's like well, I'd sure like yeah. to to hire this person one day
0: yeah, yeah, yeah same i I use Instagram a lot for that, so because Instagram obviously is very much more of a visual medium, and you don't get a lot of the discussions you get on Twitter because that's what I love about twitter is is the discussions that that I had um until they turn into just bickering, but anyway, um. But the, but on Instagram, I'm, I'm much more into the, the following the artists because obviously it's, you know, you can see their work and you can see the quality of it. And you go, okay, I'm going to bookmark these people because, or like these people because I want to use them one day in my like that That's kind of how I use that platform.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I tried Instagram a long, long time ago uh, back my photography days and it was just too much work
0: because they wouldn't yeah. allow you to, you
1: couldn't post from your computer. Peter, you can yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You, yeah it's, but it's only been fairly recently. Yeah. But I I don't
1: know. It's we got you know, we, you and I, we all have a limited amount of time. And it's like, what should yep. I be? What's the most bang for my buck? Um
0: Yeah, and and I because I've started thinking of the zine as a kind of like a side business, maybe. Um it it's kind of like I have to start thinking about okay, where's the best use of my time? Like Twitter's really good for me but then maybe reddit could be useful but then i haven't really used reddit that much um so then there's a there's a whole learning curve there you know so it it's just comes down to what what you like and what what time you have to, to use it you know because there's no point going on a platform and just half-assing it you know you kind of have right. to go in with a with a with a plan
1: no not um, me i just i have that's <laughs> then, I try, like and shoot, then I try and get the other cheek on once i get the first one on i then i yeah I, I, I <laughs> but uh no i just i just jumped in i have no clue i just like it's gonna happen i we'll see what happens and i'll just deal with the, the fallout and, and uh regroup yeah but because I, I was thinking about doing short videos and maybe doing like tiktok or something like that and mm-hmm. just do that's a whole
0: nother beast
1: yeah but i'm thinking about like one of the things I'm thinking about just doing just small, fun stuff, like going through the travel book. And I thought, well, if you just do it in like, you know, two minute videos, uh, that might be kind of fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's plenty of ways you can, you can use each platform. You just have to get creative with it. Um, but yeah, I just, TikTok is just the whole, I'm just, I think I'm too old. <laughs> well, <laughs> like I, I, I look t- at the stuff that's on there and I'm like, really, what? what is going on
1: my kids wanted me to post because i went when i went to northern ireland i uh, was had some plans for for certain kinds of food and they were like oh you need to you know post this on tiktok and do this yeah. and and i when i looked at tiktok i'm like i'm opening this up and i'm seeing things that i really shouldn't be seeing like yeah i don't need to see you know teenage you know women doing these things yeah you're yeah. like well you gotta you know start searching and it'll filter the stuff out you yeah. has gotta learn but yeah. I'm like why is this the first thing i'm seeing yeah 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 because <laughs> of you
0: yeah, because because your demographic i is- don't know it's
1: like hey yeah this is like uh yeah. but anyway um but then also like facebook you can do videos too so i don't know i don't know
0: yeah i mean youtube has the short video now too I, I i watch a few of those there's a there's a guy a lawyer who does videos and he does quite a few short ones and i watch his it's just it's just like topical stuff like you I don't know how long they last, maybe 30 seconds or something. Um, so that might be a way to go too. There you
1: go. No,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't, and I guess I got to think really what I'm wanting out of this too. Um, yeah. You know, it's it just like, but I think the thing is, it's maybe I just don't know. And that's where I kind of, the, the not planning. It's like, well, we'll just see. Maybe i like it. Maybe I won't. Maybe
0: I think, the, I think for me anyway, the bottom line is, am I going to enjoy it? so i i enjoy being on twitter i enjoy doing the zine I, I couldn't do it if i didn't enjoy it and and that's why i kind of I don't write for 5e like I, I could make a you know 10 times the amount of money that i'm making now if i wrote for 5e because just purely because of the audience but i don't want it because it would be a job it, so it'd be a,
1: so why couldn't you this is because i was thinking i and in a lot of ways i wonder if you brand your your because i don't you don't brand it as uh
0: old school essentials, right? No, no.
1: But I don't know if you'd do better if you did brand
0: it as old school essentials. Yeah, and I thought of that because I, I did a I did an OSE special issue. So it was just all OSE stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I did some classes, I did monsters, I did spells, you know, it was all for OSE. I kind of the way I started it was that I had in mind that it was always going to be an open book, no matter what edition you could. You know, you could read it, you get ideas, you know, it didn't matter. And I could have gone, and I still could go down the OSE route and just have a lot more monsters in there and just have them OSC and a lot more spells and all that sort of stuff. Um, well, I don't know that you have to, because the, the way I'm going to approach
1: this, especially for the zine, even though the, uh, is just the art- articles are articles, who cares? Because uh, it, it's all, if it's just general stuff, you can, it's just yeah. general
0: stuff. Well, I have a mixture. Like, there's some mechanic stuff in there. Um, but I think D&D is still, gen. like, it, it still all works on the basic platform. Like, it all still works on a on a D20.
1: Yes.
0: It's just the modifiers that have changed. Like, with OSE, the modifiers are fairly low. The damage is fairly low. And I guess when I do do and, stuff and like that. And the hit that, points are fairly low, too. Yeah, and the, and but the equivalent of. Oh, yeah, right, so, right. Yeah, so so the damage is all low, like, but then the hit points are low. So it all it all evens out. And that's what I'm saying, like across the board, it it pretty much works the same way. Like it's just the numbers involved. So and the mechanics still work the same way. So the, it's still a D20 roll. It's still you're rolling a D4, or a D6, or a D eight or a D10 for damage. You know, it, it's all still. So anything that you do within that scope still works. And most right, systems right. like you, you probably just need to tweak it a little bit. And this is where I this is where I sort of said before, like I don't care. Like go ahead and tweak my stuff. Don't don't take it as gospel. You know, right. I don't want you to do that. I want you to get the idea and tweak it as much as you can and as much as you want to. Um and and the fact that I I think like I, I kind of like it the way that I've done it because it is agnostic. It is free of one particular system because i think if i did it like if i did an osc zine it would one it would be competing with the official osc zine uh, which is a whole nother story but also i think it would cut out a lot of people from the mark from that from reading it because they go oh, i don't play osc you know and so i don't want that i want i want everyone to read it you know right. I want as many people as you know and get inspired like if someone who plays 5e picks it up and goes wow I love this aesthetic I love you know this is kind of cool and that gets them into OSE or gets them into old school or gets them into another you know another game or something I'm happy with that
1: that's where we you need know, to peer like, into all the possibilities and all the universes and understand yeah, and, and
0: there's enough there's enough material like I could go another 20 years with this and not running into the issue where oh, I have to pick a pick a particular system. You know, yeah. there's so much out there. Like, there's so much you could talk about. You know, um, I just wonder. This is why I don't know.
1: I mean, I wonder is if 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 you if you label it for a system, you're definitely going to get the diehards for that system. But I wonder if also people outside OSE would see the OSE label as
0: being a universal thing so like yeah. swords and wizardry well, I, see, I see a lot of people co-branding like there's a lot of people who release stuff on kickstarter or whatever and they say you know os osr and 5e compatible so i, I could probably slap that on there. <sighs> yeah that, um, that but, to me when it when it's that different if it was like
1: like swords and wizardry and old school yeah but, but that just seems like that's at that
0: point, when you're saying, "Yeah, it's both five e and, and I start to be like, yeah, oh. and to be honest, I, I see that and kind of get a bit turned off myself. <laughs> yes. like I'm like, um, yeah, okay. but I guess what they're saying is the stats are there for both. They are. they are, you know, like so you can you've got the stat block for five e, you've got the stat block for, you know, that's how I especially like an adventure or something. yeah, like a you know, like I think that's what they're saying. But having said that, there are, there are it still turns me things. off. And I don't know why. It's not that I'm yeah. repugnant to the five E. I think I just
1: I think it to me it kind of creates a I think it to me is two things. I think you can change around the monsters, but it, it, it having them both just seems awkward. It just seems yeah. very awkward. And also I don't know that to me it's like it, it would be a different feel. I don't know if you can just change out a few monsters and it's all the same.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. I, I think. I think there's there's a fundamental feel that would change. I, I think some adventures would lend itself, like if it was just a straight dungeon crawl maybe, but if it was like a kind of a, you know, I don't know, like a, a goofball adventure, it might not fit in 5e, you know, or if, it, if it's a really dark and gloomy, sort of it wouldn't fit 5e. Whereas on the other hand, if it was like a super, you know, save the world quest, it might not fit OSR. You know, like the feel right. of it, like the you know, like you're right. Like you're just you're just trying to make it through
1: without getting stabbed so You don't die. And yeah, 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 exactly.
0: <laughs> like, I run a I won a Westmarch's campaign, and the players pretty much have has like if I survive, I've 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 won.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like if I make it back to the town without a de- debilitating injury, or or I don't make it back, um, then I've won. You know, like stuff the treasure. <laughs> I yes. made back.
1: <laughs> yeah i was just uh it, yeah and it, it's like you know there's a very real possibility a person can walk around with one hit point and it depends how how you do hit points with osc whether you, you go hardcore or you just roll the
0: die oh well i, I go hardcore i, I i've i got i had a i had a i've got an illusionist i think he is with one hit point in yeah. the party <laughs> He he hasn't he hasn't died yet no, um, that's why because he only has one hit point. <laughs> like, he he, he doesn't, doesn't go anywhere near anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think, that's I think irony, he was knocked out once. Because I've, I've got a rule where I, if if they reach zero, you can make a, a death saving throw, and if you make it, you get an, you get like a debilitating injury instead. So you're still alive, but you you suffer a permanent injury. So it could be like you know negative five to charisma, or it could be. Um, you know, your, your, your right arm's gone, you know, or something like that. Like I had a barbarian who um, smacked in the leg and he half, he half movement, rate, You know? So I've got stuff like that built in where, and I like that because it's kind of like you, this town's going to fill up with all these like <laughs> amputees and, and these ex-adventurers that have just seen too much and been through too much and they just can't adventure anymore you know like i kind of like that aesthetic i like that you know you walk into a tavern and you see like the guy missing a leg and he's got one another one with an eye missing another one who's slightly deaf you know (laughs) one thing i thought was for a goblin
1: uh character would be or class would be you know anytime they would would uh would take a killing blow that you'd roll a d6 and and that's what gets lobbed off
0: yeah yeah but but yep.
1: story-wise they could always then get something mechanical
0: yeah 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 well yeah like i think the i think the barbarian i think the player retired that character but one of the other players said oh, he was a blacksmith and he said i'll make you a will make you an iron leg yeah you know so i said oh okay if you do that you can be three-quarter movement you know right. and have a I have a cool
1: leg. <laughs> but I thought too if you, if you do the statement of the goblin, it's like the the ones that get the reverence are the ones that are missing all their arms and legs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but um, you know, it's like it's like the the Star Wars. Uh, I know the old D six wegg Star Wars game had a rule in it where if you got if you got killed by a lightsaber, you could lose a limb instead, because you know the old yeah. hand being chopped off. You know, like it's I kind of like that. Like I kind of like the fact that you know, you've got a chance not to die, but just to, you know, to, or maybe walk away from, you know, with a debilitating injury.
1: Um, Well, and I think, yeah, I think just instant death states is not uh, great. One thing I also was thinking about poison rolls, this was, I thought like, because poison I think is very boring. You roll a save or you die. But what if you roll and if you fail, you're still going to die but you're not going to die till
0: that night session's over yeah well actually third edition had a had a system like that built into poison and you saved immediately and then you saved an hour later so so you you could potentially take two rounds of two lots of damage but it also meant that the like kind of I guess instituted the you know the blood the poisons going through your system and, yeah yeah you know and so you could die an hour later well so I thought so about that poison, but, but you know. I thought
1: the problem is that creates more complication what if it's just simply you yeah your it character's does dead?
0: yeah and then yeah, yeah. then the people but I like I like that like I like the fact that you know you're gonna die but that's so, just
1: it that's the meta yeah and then the players will play their characters knowing it by the end of the evening they're dead yeah so they're going to say you know yeah. what I am going to go out. In a spectacular With a blaze way. of
0: glory. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. poisoned. No, I, like that. I feel a course through it. my
1: body. And I thought, there's probably a lot of other things like that that we treat where it's just instant death where that's, I think, you know, dying is not always interesting, but I think also removing death is also makes things uninteresting. So it's yeah, kind of I, like, where those I things? Don't,
0: yeah, I don't, I don't like, I think the second issue of my, issue two of my, my zine was, the topic was death. Because each issue has a different, usually has a different theme, and I wanted to cover it pretty quickly because it was it's such a it's such a us versus them debate, isn't it? Around like the modern players don't like the idea of the characters dying, whereas the the sort of old school is like it's just part of the game. Like if you you know what's the danger if you take that out? You well, know? I
1: think right. I think that the problem is they deride the people who who don't necessarily want death to be ever present.
0: Yeah, and it goes back. I think it goes back to the the larger argument around story versus, um, you know, I want to be part of an epic story versus I'm just going on a this adventure and I might not come back. You know, like um, it's the style of play that it comes that really drives that argument. I think.
1: Well, to me, and, and I'm I'm more of the camp who I do like things being more deadly and people being more cautious. But on the other hand, it's like these people who complain about people who don't want the characters to die, or or maybe it's much harder to die. It's like, well, you read if you read Conan, you start with book one. You know he's going to be lasting for another eight books. He's not going to die. Yeah, but you, you yeah, know, but then
0: but then but then you could make the argument, you know, that's a story, right? Baby, but know, it's, it's a it's a book. If you want to write a book, go and write a book. But, you're here right. to play D&D. but you play D and But that's the argument.
1: But fiction, it is already there. It's it's already yeah. a part of the genre.
0: Yeah, I I think I sit in the camp where I want the story to evolve from the dice rolls, from the from the play itself. I don't want a set story, and this is why I don't run adventures. I don't run pre written adventures at all ever. I I never really have liked them, and even as a player, I play in them and I go, oh man, they're so linear. Like they're just, can I do oh, this? Yes. No, it's not in the in the scope. Well, they have you to know, be. like and. And I don't like that. I, I that's why I, I always GM now. Open sandbox, open world. You can do whatever you want, go wherever you want. You know, whatever. I don't care. I'll I'll just make it up as I go, or I'll you know. There's, there's ways you can do it. Um. So. You know, and I think for me, the stories that evolve out of that play are way cooler than anything that I that is pre-written or predestined or pre. Ordained. Right, even right. if a character dies as a group the stories that you can tell after that like even I'm just thinking the last session like it was you know it was just really cool like there was just a, a stupid moment where uh, I think the priest was getting attacked by Sturges and uh, had had one in his neck and he couldn't hit it with a mace because it was too big so the someone threw him a dagger and even though he was getting the blood sucked out of him the dagger hit his chest and fell to the ground. He said, I can't use it. I, I can't use sharp weapons. You know, like that the, the comedy of that, yeah, yeah. like, and that's like just a simple example. Like he he would rather have died than use yes. the dagger to stab because that was against his religion. You know, like, but those moments, like they're the story that that evolves around just playing the game.
1: Oh, right. I agree. I'm, I'm know, just like, saying I'm just saying is that some people who are upset that it's harder to kill a character in 5D yeah. is bad.
0: Well, it's like it's just different. You know, it's yeah, it's, like I still think it comes back to that like what do you want from the game? Do you want to be part of this epic storyline where you know you go from zero to hero or whatever? and it's this epic campaign and no one dies because that's, you know, you're pivotal, p- pivotal to the storyline. Or do you want, you know, death lurks at every, like, they're probably the two extremes. There's probably, you know, happy medium in there somewhere. But do you want the death, you know, death is imminent. Right. And, and it lurks around every corner. And and to me, I'm way on, the, on that ladder.
1: So for me, side. it varies, but I don't, I'm not necessarily as big at playing fantasy but I like playing different game systems that, that yeah. vary. Like I, I enjoy, or even uh, running star Wars where it's yeah, one yeah. way versus yeah. call of Cthulhu uh, is another way.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Like I, I'm just talking DD here. Like yeah. Weg star Wars, no one dies. Like the yeah. hero, you don't, you don't kill off Han Solo, you know? Right. But we've all kind um, of agree. This is the genre. You, you, you hear that Disney? You don't kill off Han Solo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i i uh, i've i've
0: yeah i've <laughs> whatever they do is okay because it's yeah. just uh oh that's a whole other show um <laughs> okay. but but you know and if i'm playing cthulhu like you know you're gonna go insane or die like they're the only well, two you're options. disappointed
1: if you don't and i've done, i've had very yeah. successful situations uh, where yeah. i'm like uh, i wish something would have happened to me i played it yeah i, I played you know. i played so many of that so
0: many games of Cthulhu in different genres like you know the thing and you know and like every time it, if I die and I remain human I, I think I've won
1: yeah exactly you have different levels like of I've gone
0: like I died human nothing happened to me I didn't turn into the thing I wasn't an alligator creature I wasn't you know like a, you know I wasn't experimented yeah on. I, was, I wasn't sacrificed I was just died no. I didn't go insane <laughs>
1: Yeah, we the GM. There's just one GM who, uh one guy who runs the Call Cthulhu, and uh he's been very disappointed for every reason. We we tend to be very lucky. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you pick the one room, everything else you would have. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or do the one thing that seemed out of, out of place that we did that like kept us from all you know whatever happening. It's just been, uh, but yeah. but then I go afterwards, I kind of like, wow, well, that was, yeah, it just can't remember, but. Yeah, for me, the D&D, I mean, I think, I think it's, I don't know. I don't play a lot of D&D, but I think I prefer, a, probably more like you, more a little more deadly, but I just don't mm. deride people who want.
0: No, 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 I look. Know.
1: But some I people know. just lose their mind over this whole thing. Just like, Yeah, you know, know, like, I know. I mean, and, like, and to
0: be honest, I, I, I must, I have to admit, I've, I've probably gotten into debates around stuff, around touching on this topic, and then you've just got to pull back and you go, you know what? I think we're just on a different wavelength. Like we're on a different page. We're playing a different game. And that's exactly. okay. <laughs> you know, and, and so now when it gets to the point, I'm I either just mute the conversation or I just say, I, I just think we're playing a different a different
1: game. You know, that's so cool. let's go back to different games. So you like uh, three or 3.5.
0: Yeah, 3. I'm, a, I'm probably three, like three, 3.5 there is a subtle difference but it's an important difference between the two so what is it um uh there's a couple of a couple of things so i I actually look at the third edition rules as the 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 ones that monty cook and 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 i think richard baker and put together and they're 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 poetry like they all flow they all fit well together and i know a lot of people go "Oh, i don't like the universal mechanic and all that but it just flows, it's it's a beautiful system. 3.5 brought in these changes that weren't necessary and they did it and they they redid the books and they sort of tore out all the cool stuff that was in the the third edition and replaced it with miniature stuff. Like basically they wanted to sell a line of miniatures and so they went, instead of distances, they all went, you know, squares, everything was square based. So you don't move 30 feet around, you move six squares um you know because because they were they were talking about minis you know they, were, they wanted to sell the mini line um they made a whole lot of rules changes around the spells so one of the reasons i love third and i won't i won't go on t- too much but one of the reasons i love third is because it, it actually bridges old school and new school really well it's kind okay. of the fence sitter because if you look at the if you look at the spells the spell descriptions this is a prime example they basically cut and paste from second edition um but they just changed the you know some of the the rules obviously to fit the the third e mechanic which isn't that that different really so a lot of the spells are still and you know second edition spells were were still pretty deadly like they were you know they they probably weren't as deadly as first cuz they maybe tweaked them but um you know they so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in third edition that's actually still quite deadly. And even though they brought in cantrips, you only got a limited number. It's not like 5e where you just unlimited in number. And and the cantrips mm. were very utility-based. So what they did was they knew that, you know, for example, light is is a zero level spell or a cantrip instead of a first level spell because they knew that people would need that. But but then they right. still it, it's still part of the um the economy of D, &D. so you don't get unlimited light spells but that was another option okay instead of a torch so so and damage spells for for zero level the the most you could ever do with a with a with a damage spell was d3 was like it was like an ice right you know or i think d6 but it was only against undead for example so it was very specific right so so the so they were very much built around the utility spells and so um everything was kind of maintained from that second edition but they kind of just got rid of all the the little games like the d6 for morale and the reaction roll and all and they just made it all into a d20 mechanic which i get why people didn't like it because i kind of like those old (laughs) mini games with the second edition you know so i'm i'm sort of leading both ways, but at the same time, you can kind of see where they use that as a platform for the, some of the, the newer, the newer editions. because by the time 3.5 ended, you could see how it transformed into fourth because the mistake that Wizards made, and I think they're making this again with 5e, is they're listening to a vocal minority online. And what they did in back in the day was, it was all forum based. And so all the forums were full of arguments about combat. And so Wizards looked at that and went, oh, well, they just want combat. And what did we get? Fourth edition, which was all about combat. Right. There was no role playing in it. And it failed because they failed to realize that people love combat, but they also love the other pillars as well. So I've, I've never
1: played fourth edition, but I did buy a fourth edition module because it, or looked through it because it was, um. Uh, Like reasonably priced and as i flipped through it i realized it was just what you said yeah
0: it's like it it, it's all about the combat like even like you think like the 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 healing rules in 5e are bad like they're they're atrocious in 4e like like i think at the end of the combat round you all get boosted hit points just from the adrenaline of winning the combat or something i don't know like I, i can't remember off the top of my head but it's it's like it's it's really hard to die, really hard. <laughs> like right. you'd have to be a complete idiot to die in that in that version of a game. Um, and you get healing surges. It's all like, you know, computer games and, you know, that's when they started bringing all that in. And I think they're kind of making the same mistake as they're hitting... 5e was a nice at the beginning, but again, they're kind of going off in this direction that kind of lends itself to more that sort of superhero anime um you know superpower sort of stuff. And that's cool. Whatever. But yeah, but, third to, why to answer you, your question. Oh, go ahead. I love a third edition came out of the fact that it kind of it it power wise, it's kind of that mid-level fantasy, which is kind of my sweet spot. um So it's more powerful than than first or you know O D D. Yeah. But it's but it's it's still within the realms of, you know, you could play like a low fantasy game with it, you know. Um, but yeah, 3.5 kind of started going down the road of like combat focused, mini focused, um, all that stuff. But if you look at just the third edition stuff, um, it's some really good stuff in there. You know, Monty Cook, Richard Baker, uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the other guys. Um I feel bad for not remembering the names. They all did a fantastic job.
1: Was Bruce Cordell part of it? Yeah, Bruce Cordell.
0: Um uh, a lot of them are on Twitter now, doing their own thing. Um, yeah, so like a Rich just, Baker
1: or somebody. No, Rich yeah, Baker, yeah. But, um, it wasn't Luke Crane? It was uh, some indie guys. I
0: um through the book. <laughs> uh, Jonathan tweet. That was Jonathan tweet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Skip and Skip Williams. Yeah. So they they just did a fantastic job on on creating, you know, like, and I'm a big advocate uh, for third, but it it is, there's a lot more crunch to it, especially in the 3.5 era where, because if you read, like, for example, prestige classes, like everyone bemoans prestige classes, because every book had like a whole list of prestige classes that no one probably used and they were overpowered and not tested. And, but if you look at Monty's write-up about prestige classes in the, in the original 3.0 DMsG they were meant for a specific purpose and that kind of got blown out of the water. You know, they they were meant to, for, for a a world building tool for the GM to create these kind of prestige classes, as the name suggests that players could earn the right to get into because they had all these sort of prerequisites, not just stat based, but role-playing based. You know, you had to, like, if you wanted to be like the crown and assassin you had to have, you know, you had to actually have assassinated someone three levels above yours, or you had to, you know, you know, just as a a, a silly example, you know, or if you wanted to be um, an explorer for, for, for the church, you had to, you you, not only do you have to be religious and believe in that, you have to have gone off and done, you know, proved that you could do this stuff, you know, like, so it was, there was some really cool, um, uh, mix of mechanics and law and that's what i love with role-playing games if those two mesh it, it's a perfect perfect system if those two mesh well for any for any role-playing game um and that's why i tend not to like generic rule sets like savage worlds for example like i'm sure it's good but it's too generic it's like you, you need to have that that world law mesh with the rules um, there's a game called Feng Shui role-playing. Yeah. Um, it came out in the 90s. That's brilliant. The system is like a yin and yang. Like it's based on Hong Kong action movies and yeah. stuff. And the, the system is just 2D6 yin, yin Yin and yang. Like it just fits perfectly. Like it's got the whole, you know, vibe to it and it, the lore fits the mechanics. And, you know, so that stuff is really cool. And that, that's the stuff that I'm really interested in um when I when I look for a role-playing game yeah I may, have to, give,
1: I may have to give 3.0 a look I don't think I'd ever run it but I I think I might be like, all the probably a lot of problems
0: I had with 3.5 that won't be there for that yeah and I, I think I mean look it, it's not everyone's cup of tea and I, I get why a lot of the old schoolers don't consider it old school even though it's like 25 years old at this point or something it came out in 2000 so it was like 20 22 years old um uh and I get it was a it was a definite change and move away because you know, obviously Wizards wanted a, a new system um, that was kind of different to TSR. Having said that though, they used a lot of second edition stuff. And if you look at the second edition, those players guides that came out late in second edition, like combat and tactics and the players' options, they they took a lot of that stuff and okay. put it into third. Yeah, I, I,
1: I completely skipped second edition. I, I went from yeah. basically advanced D&D to years later to uh, fifth edition.
0: Yeah. I, I think what, what killed third was the bloat. Yeah. And that happens with every edition.
1: Well, and I you think know, too, and people... right. The, the thing is what I was understanding is the, the, is the guy that, uh, who owned, uh, which is the Coast, the Magic Gathering. He basically took D&D and made Magic the Gathering, that logic to it where you could get mastery through knowledge and so a lot of the fun was people trying to master like mastering their decks is like figuring
0: out the builds yeah you could do that but you can do that with with any any of it like any game you can do that with and and to be honest i played third edition for years I, i think it comes down to the group you play with
1: well, no, I'm saying it, is I think the idea is the, the way the mechanics were set up, it rewarded people
0: who liked reading the details. And yeah, I, I get that. But again, like I played, I played, I jammed for years and years, third edition, and I never had a player who, who I had one, no, sorry. I had one player who kind of liked to optimize yeah. characters and stuff and builds, but everyone else was like flawed and, you know, just, focused on the role playing I, I think it just comes down to the players and the groups like i, I get that i kind of get that and i can see that but i never experienced that right but i think it does it the, the complexity just does uh oh, it, and it, it's complex more. and it's crunchy yeah um, but again if you but again with any like any edition if you just use the basic three core books you're good right you know, you, you, it's just the bloat that killed it. And I can kind of see the same thing happening with 5. Like, the bloat's going to kill it.
1: Yeah, and that's, um, they're going to come with a new addition. I think you
0: already mentioned yeah. that. So, um, but again, at the same time, I love the simplicity of OSE and old school stuff as well. And I like the mini games. I like the, you know, the use of D6. I love my D6 is like my favorite dice ever. Um, anytime you can roll reaction roll or, you know, um, morale or whatever with a D6 or an yeah, issue yeah. with a D6, I'm there, you know. So I'm sort of straddling between that old school and the third. Um, so if I ever make a role playing game, it'll probably be a mashup between those two. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I think we're about hitting the, the time space continuum,
0: uh, Russ. Yes. yes, it's been a delight. Oh, likewise yeah I, I could talk all day but I, i'll i'll let you go <laughs> it's getting evening here it's getting we, dark we, yeah <laughs> we we have lives
1: yeah we do so anyway uh, thanks again for joining me and i'll have, to have you on sometime. yeah no worries thanks thanks so much for having me jeff